Welcome to the podcast of Medora Pentecostal Church. We are a growing community of believers committed to bringing hope and building lives. We pray today's message is a blessing to you. Let's go ahead and open up our Bibles, get ready for the Word of God tonight. We're going to be going to 2 Kings chapter 13, verse 14. 2 Kings 13 and 14. Now Elisha was fallen sick of his sickness, whereof he died. And Joash, the king of Israel, came down unto him and wept over his face and said, Oh, my father, my father, the chariot of Israel and the horsemen thereof. And this is the verse I want to pinpoint for my title. And Elisha said unto him, Take bow and arrows. And he took unto him bow and arrows. Tonight I want to preach on this topic. Let the arrows fly. Let the arrows fly. Can you put down your Bibles but lift up your voices tonight and just pray that God would have his way in this place tonight? Can we just lift up our voices for just 30 seconds? Can you just lift up your hands and your voices and pray to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords tonight? Amen. You may be seated as I embarrassingly get ready for this. Give me like two seconds to put this on. I'll get there. Don't worry. Do I look good? All right, sweet. I'll go ahead. Thanks, wife. So... I believe that God has something amazing this year for MPC. Do you all agree? All right. So not just for MPC, not just for the church that's in the building today, not just this congregation or this people that's in here tonight, but I believe God has amazing things in store for the family that isn't a part yet. For the family that's not in the room yet, I wonder if there's anyone who can agree with me that I declare 2020 to be a year of harvest. Does anybody agree that this year is going to start something that we can't handle? This year of harvest will not end on December 31st, 2020, but this will bleed into the years to come. The harvest that's coming on its way will bleed into the years and months to come. It's going to be written in the books of history. In the books of heaven, we'll have written in there that the revival that's started in Medora, Indiana. Does anybody believe that tonight? Do you believe revival is coming? Our community around us will see fire from heaven fall on our altars. Revival is sparking now. We're on the verge of dramatic change in the world around us. Do you agree tonight? Lift up your hands. Lift up your hands and your voices right now. I declare it. Why don't you declare revival in 2020? Why don't you declare it in this world right now as we worship him for just a few moments? You may ask, how will this revival come about? How is this dramatic change going to happen? You talk a big talk, but how is it going to come to pass? We've heard this all before, David, but still had not seen it. 
I've heard about revival coming. I've been here for years, and I still haven't seen it. Where is it at, David? So what makes this year different? What makes this time different? I believe God has called this church to obtain a new mindset that's going to bring revival. Is that okay? Is that all right? Okay. It's a new way of thinking. That's what I mean by mindset. This new way of thinking is the breeding ground of revival. This new mindset changes the coldest of hearts and communities and cities. You want to know what it is? It's the mindset of not being satisfied. It's the mindset of unsatisfaction. Never happy with where we are naturally or supernaturally. Not in a bad way, of course, but a way that says I'm not happy until I see more lost people in my church. I'm not happy until I see my family saved. I'm not satisfied until the prodigal comes home. I'm not satisfied until my community is saved. I'm not satisfied until the whole world knows who I am. Are we an unsatisfied church tonight? Are we ready to change our way of thinking that says I'm ready for whatever God has for me? I'm ready to change my way of thinking just so that I can see revival in my community. Are you ready for revival in the community church? So the Bible talks about there are many instances of men being unsatisfied and it started great things. Let's talk about a few of them. Jacob. Jacob was a man who was never satisfied. Most of us know the story of Jacob, stolen the birthright, went on the run, everything. But this can, let's read later on in his story. Genesis 28 and 11 says, And he lighted upon a certain place and tarried there all night because the sun was set. And he took of the stones of that place and put them for his pillows and lay down in that place to sleep. And he dreamed, and behold, a ladder set up on the earth, and the top of it reached to heaven. And behold, the angels of God ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, thy father, and the God of Isaac. What an amazing experience. What an amazing. Could you imagine seeing that? Someone go through that experience, and some have. In a similar way, they go through a supernatural experience. They go through an amazing service. They go through a Holy Ghost-filled revival and leave it where it was. They leave it there. They're always fixated on that experience. They never move forward. They're satisfied with what they achieved there that night. They're satisfied what happened in their soul that night. They're satisfied with what happened. This mindset brings comfort. And I'm come to tell you, church, we're called to be an uncomfortable church. We're always moving. Jacob showed a revival mindset, a world-changing way of thinking. He wasn't satisfied with Bethel. You see, he named that place that he saw the ladder with the angels and the Lord. He called it Bethel. But he wasn't satisfied with it. He wasn't happy with his walk ending there. That's not where Jacob wanted his story to end. For we know what happens later in his life. Genesis 32 and 24. And Jacob was left alone. And there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. Verse 28, and he said, thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel. For as a prince hast thou power with God and with men and hast prevailed. Jacob was never satisfied. And because of that way of thinking, revival came on Jacob. He got a new change of mindset. He didn't stay happy with where he was at Bethel. He kept looking forward. He wasn't satisfied with the past experiences he had. He was ready for something more. Is there anybody ready for something more? Can you lift up your hands if you're ready for the next experience, the next move of the Holy Ghost? Another story of someone being unsatisfied is the story of Benaniah. The story of Benaniah. 
2 Samuel 23 and 20, and Benaniah the son of, I'm sorry, but I'm going to try, Jeho- Jehoiada, I think that's right, the son of a violent, valiant man of Kabzeel, who had done many acts, he slew two lion-like men of Moab and went down and also slew a lion in the midst of the pit at the time of the snow. Now, do, does anybody remember uh, when Pastor Gill talked on Benaniah running to the roar? Fantastic message. He spoke on Benaniah, all right? This man was never satisfied. Never. At all. Ever satisfied. First thing we see is Benaniah fighting two lion-like men of Moab. Not only did he fight them, but he slew them. So what we need to see here is numbers didn't matter to Benaniah. Didn't matter he was outranked. Didn't matter that the odds were against him. Strength didn't matter to him. Experience didn't matter to him. He had a Medora Pentecostal church mindset of that he was unsatisfied. He was unsatisfied with those two lion-like men of Moab. So he slays the two Moabites. But that's not where the story ends. Then he hunts down the lion. It started with two lion-like men. But then uh, he went on to the lion. And it follows on. He went down also and slew a lion in the midst of a pit and in the time of snow. So it was snowing where it doesn't always snow. He was snowing in the Middle East. So it was snowing where it never snows. He wasn't satisfied with that. So on the snowy day, he chased the lion away. Wasn't satisfied. On the snowy day, he chased the lion away into a pit. Still wasn't satisfied. So on the snowy day, he chased the lion away into a pit and slew the lion. Still wasn't satisfied. Still wasn't satisfied. He killed what he was after, but he still wasn't happy. Are you hearing me, church? He still wasn't happy. He still wasn't happy. I'm here to tell you that when you are chasing off the devil that you have been facing for far too long, don't be happy that you just chased it off. Don't be satisfied that that you bound it on earth. Don't be satisfied that you're just not going to deal with it for a little bit. And don't be satisfied that you've just killed it. Don't be satisfied that says, I've slayed it. It's gone for good. No, 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 no. It's time to stand up and say, what's next? What's next? What's the next devil I got to fight? What's the next situation I got to conquer? Don't be satisfied that you even kill the devil, that it cannot face anyone ever again. Stand strong and let another arrow fly. Benaniah was never happy and he was never satisfied. Even after he killed the lion, he was unsatisfied. 2 Samuel 23 and 21. And he slew the Egyptian. This is the next verse, y'all. He had a busy two verses. A goodly man, and the Egyptian had a spear in his hand, but he went down to him with a staff and plucked the spear out of the Egyptian's hand and slew him with his own spear. With his own spear, y'all. Benaniah could have been satisfied with what he did with the two lion-like men of Moab, or even on the snowy day, what he did when he chased that lion into a pit and slew it. But he stayed unsatisfied, church. That's the mindset. We got to be unsatisfied. He went up against the Egyptian and he killed him with his own weapon. Church, I've come to tell you what the song says, what the enemy meant for evil. You turned it for good. What the enemy came after me with, I turned around and killed him with it. Whatever the enemy comes after you with, if he comes after you with fear, use fear to kill him. If he comes after you with depression, use the joy of the Lord to kill him. Keep fighting. Keep pushing. Stay victorious. Don't be happy where you're at. Don't get comfortable. Be unsatisfied. 
This brings us to our opening text, 2 Kings 13 and 15. And Elisha said unto him, Take bow and arrows. And he took unto him bow and arrows. This is why I'm wearing somewhat of this quiver and I got a bow. God is calling us, church, to get equipped. All right? Much like the prophet, God is calling us to get ready. Get ready because the command is coming. The orders are coming. The war cry, it's coming. So the king, and he has his bows and his arrows ready. He has the tools at hand. He's ready. They're right there where he can grab. An interesting thing to note, a king at that time would usually only carry a sword, not a bow and arrow. So historians believe that the king was accompanied by soldiers that were on orders to guard that king. This means that one of the soldiers were the one who carried the bow and arrows. The king didn't have it. The soldier did. The king didn't have the tools, but God supplied the tools. The king would not have been guarded in that area that he reigned over. That was his safe zone. Where the prophet lived, that was safe. There was no enemy. He didn't need for, have no, any need for a guard. That was safe. But God had a plan. Church, God is going to provide the tools that we need revival. Can I say it again? He's going to provide the tools that I need. He's going to provide whatever I need. When the situation comes, when it's time for me to go to work, he's going to provide the tools. I want everybody to say life groups. Life groups. <laughs> God is supplying the church. Amen. Continuing in the next text, 2 Kings 13 and 16. And he said to the king of Israel, put thine hand upon the bow. And he put his hand upon it. And Elisha put his hands upon the king's hands. So there's two ways that we know that revival is coming to NPC. Is that all right? Is that all right? All right. One, God has given us the tools at task at hand. He's given us the tools for the task at hand. Second, the hands of the prophet have covered us. The hands of the prophet have covered us. Brother Timothy, can I borrow you real quick? I'm going to hold this bow right here. I just want your hand on top of my hand. Just like that. This is what Elisha did to the king. So I am only able to use the tools that God has given me through the submission to my leadership. Does that make sense? Am I making sense? As Pastor Timothy puts his hand over mine, just as Elisha did to the king, this is God's hand at work. This is God using a mediator to work through him to go to me so that I can use the tool. Thank you. He is using Brother Timothy as a funnel to pour his power, his authority into, and it flows into me so that I can use the tool that I've been handed to get revival. Am I making sense today? I can only use the tool when I'm submitted under my pastor, my covering. If God has given you the tools and you are under the authority of pastoral leadership, revival is coming. Somebody say life groups. Revival is coming. Let's continue on. 2 Kings 13 and 17. And he said, open the window eastward. Eastward was towards the enemy. Eastward is where the Syrians were coming. And he opened it. And Elisha said, shoot. And he shot, and he said, the arrow of the Lord's deliverance and the arrow of deliverance from Syria, for thou shalt smite the Syrians in Afik till thou have consumed them. <laughs> Here's what we're looking for. It's the command. It's the call to arms. It's the war cry, as Brother Bannon has talked about before. He's saying, fire! Yes, sir. 
let your arrows fly. When God gives the command, church, we ought to be ready to fire our arrows. Raise up your arrows. Pull up your bows. It's time to get ready, church. The arrows will spark revival. The time to fire the arrows of deliverance is here. Your fire is the arrows of hope, of peace, of deliverance, of strength, of redemption, of God's love, of mercy. I wonder if somebody can get a hold of that right now. If you're ready to pick up your bow and arrows, I wonder if you could just lift up your hands and say, God, I'm ready for this revival that's coming. Wherever I shoot, I'm going to have victory. Wherever I shoot, I'm going to have dominion. Let your arrows fly. If you're feeling weary tonight, it's time to pick yourself up by the bootstraps. And pick yourself up because the command is given. God has given us the command to shoot again. Shoot again. Somebody say shoot again. Somebody say let the arrows fly. All right. Y'all are pumping me up tonight. But look what happens in that next verse. Verse 18. And he said take the arrows. And he took them. And he said unto the king of Israel smite upon the ground. And so he smote thrice. And stayed. It means he shot three times and he was done. Why on earth would you stop firing? How could you stop trying? How could you just give up on outreach? How could you just give up on that person you've been teaching a Bible study to? How dare you get burnt out on that person that you're witnessing to? How could you just give up? Many people want to be like the king. They get comfortable when they've shot their arrows. They say, well, I've tried. I tried three times. I'm comfortable with that. I'm going to be like it is. They become satisfied with their level of victory. You know what that means? You put a level on your victory. What did Pastor Timothy talk about on a level on God? God is victory. So we put a level on God. We put a level on victory. Am I making sense? Let's go on. Verse 19. And the man of God was wroth with him and said, Thou should have smitten five or six times. Then hast thou smitten Syria till thou hast consumed it. Whereas now thou shalt smite Syria but thrice. You shot three times, you're going to get a three-time victory. You would have shot five or six times, you'd have got a five or six-time victory. Oh, God, let it not be said of me that I didn't shoot enough. That I didn't try enough. That I didn't seek enough. I don't want to be the one that shoots three times and stays. I don't want to be the one that even shoots ten times and stays. I don't want to stay satisfied. I want to stay unsatisfied until I fire again. I want to stay unsatisfied. Anybody want to stay unsatisfied until you're firing again? Until you got your bow in your hand and you're shooting another arrow? How many are going to be unsatisfied until it says, I can't wait to shoot again? As that arrow leaves my bow, I'm constantly thinking, when's the next time I get to fire? When's the next time I get to shoot? How farther can I go? How farther can I go? I love what F.B. Meyer Commentary says on 2 Kings verses 10 through 25. It's short, it's not that long as it seems. And I quote, notice how much Israel missed through the unbelief of her king. If only he had smitten five or six times, Syria would have been consumed. But he was content with striking only three times. Let us not ask small things of God or be content with a partial deliverance. Nothing pleases him more than to be greatly trusted. 
For those who ask and expect the most, he will always go beyond all that they ask or think. Strike on the ground, child of God, nor stay thy striking. Claim the absolute overthrow of the power of Satan, which agonizes and resists the coming of the kingdom. Claim the salvation of your fatherland from the tyranny of drink, gambling, and impurity. Open the windows heavenward, and God will strike within and shoot without. It is not enough to do either without the other and remember that unseen hands are empowering the guiding line <laughs> know that your arrows are not flying by themselves it doesn't matter how good I am at archery it doesn't matter how good I am with a bow or with an arrow my God can carry that arrow to where it's got to go it doesn't matter what the wind direction says it doesn't matter if my aim's just a little bit off my God's gonna carry that arrow to where it's got to go it's going to carry it this message was inspired on where we are where we are as a church i believe life groups is bringing revival anybody believing with me does anybody agree I want you to raise your hands if you believe that this year is going to be revival life groups is going to be the source of revival out of this church When studying on archery for this message, obviously I studied on that because, you know, I want to know everything. I, I came across an article, and the article titled, Skills That You Can Gain From Archery, or Skills That You Should Have For Archery. <laughs> and one that stood out the most to me, get with like-minded people. Let me say it again. Get with like-minded people. Everyone say life groups. Life groups is the command. It is the tool that God has given us. And it has been ordained by our pastor. Anybody hearing me right now? What was the two things that we needed for revival? It's the tool. And it's the authority. And the submission. So what's bringing revival? It is. Zach, can I borrow you real quick, my man? I'm going to take this off real quick. Can we just lift up our hands and worship the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords right now? Don't we love Zach? You know, this dude's a baller. He was telling me uh, today uh, in his last game, he's like, I don't even know how many threes I made. Come on now. That's what I like. So we're talking about life groups, all right? Pastor Timothy already said that our first activity starts tomorrow night. Balling. Everybody say balling. All right. Brother Patrick... I want to ask you to stand up right now. And Brother Cole's not here. That's his partner in crime for balling. So, Brother Daniel, can you stand up? Zach, I want you to give each one of them an arrow. Every time that you men see someone from the community come on the court, I want you to see a target. I want you to see something that you're going to aim towards and fire your arrow. When you dribble down the court, I want you to notice where you're standing. You're standing in the high school. You're standing in enemy territory. And you're going to say, I'm going to fire my arrow one more time. I'm going to take up my bow one more time. And I'm going to fire again. Sister Ruth, I want you to stand up. 
she's heading up our board games. Brother Daniel, I want you to keep standing. I want everybody to stay standing for this. Sister Ruth, when you are totally crushing somebody in Monopoly or Scrabble or Risk, when you're just crushing the competition, I want you to know that you got to fire your arrows. It's time for you to see somebody. Whoever you're crushing in competition, know that you're going to hit them with an arrow. Sister Gill, can I have you stand up? She is literally teaching the ladies of our community a Bible study. Can we talk about it? Keep firing your arrows, Mom. Sister Whitney, I want you to stand. Zach, you got to get ready. I'm going to say them quick. Fire your arrows, Sister Whitney. Maria, I want you to stand up for Brother Dylan and Sister Katie. You're going to be the one that stands in for them. I want them to keep firing their arrows. Brother Matt, I want you to stand up. Sister Amy, you're going to be with Brother Jason. Stand up and fly your arrows. Sister Vicky, I want you to stand up. Fire your arrows. Sister Shelly, I want you to stand up and fire your arrows. Brother Keith, I want you to stand up for Brother Joe and fire your arrows. Brother LeBannon, I'm having Emily stand up. You're going to fire your arrows. Sister Peggy, Sister Sean, I want you to stand up for Sister Peggy. I want her to fire her arrows. Sister Jesse, I'd like for you to stand up because you're standing in for Brother David. Fire your arrows. Brother Andy, Sister Teresa, can you stand up for your husband? Fire your arrows. Sister Anna, can you stand up? Fire your arrows. Brother Timothy, man, you're already standing. Fire your arrows. Somebody clap your hands, because how many arrows are flying now? Now, real quick, those that have arrows, and I'm going to get all to the, to the leaders of our life groups. I want you all to take these arrows home, okay? Is that okay? It's not, it doesn't take up that much space. Take them home and let them be a reminder of what you're commanded to do. Let them be a reminder of what the Lord has commanded you to do. Let it be the one that says, every time I see it, revival. Every time I see it, revival. I'm on, no matter what I'm doing, I'm folding laundry. I'm over here, revival. I know it sounds silly, but it's the things that symbolize revival, that keep it in our minds. No matter what I'm doing, there's going to be revival. No matter what I'm doing, there's going to be revival. Fire your arrows into the community and watch revival come. Don't be satisfied with your third shot. Keep striking the ground. Keep striking. Revival is coming. Now, everybody else, church, I'm talking to you. If you're ready to fire your arrows, I want you to stand up. If you're ready to see revival come, I want you to stand up. Look at my like-minded people, Brother Timothy. Look at my like-minded people. I'm getting with my like-minded brothers and sisters in revival. Revival is coming our way. It's because of the arrows that you shoot. It's because of the arrows that you fire. Don't be satisfied. Stay hungry. Stay hungry for God. If something doesn't work, don't move your aim or anything. We'll just adjust it. Maybe the wind direction changed the velocity of your arrow. That's okay. Fire again. Somebody say, fire again. Let your arrows fly. I'm going to go in closing. I need one of those real quick. Is it okay if I go ahead and put one in there? I'm going to put one in the prodigal jar. As you said, I'm going to go ahead and let you know, that's where I'm firing. That's where I'm going to fire. 
I'm not going to be satisfied until I see every one of their names in the book of life. I'm not going to be satisfied until they're on the pews again. I'm not going to be satisfied until they're washed by the blood of Jesus. I'm not going to be like the king and only strike three times on the ground. I'm going to keep firing, keep firing, keep firing, keep firing. Let him fly, let him fly, let him fly, let him fly. Somebody say, let him fly. Are you believing what I'm preaching right now? This is the embodiment of revival. This is the atmosphere of revival. Let's look what happens in Genesis 49 and 23. Music, you can go ahead and come up when you're ready. Genesis 49 23. The archers, this is speaking of Joseph. The archers have sorely grieved him and shot at him and hated him. But look. But his bow abode in strength, and the arms of his hands were made strong by the hands of the mighty God of Jacob. I don't care if I got a trembling hand. I don't care if my aim's off. As long as I'm firing, I got the hands of my pastor, and I got the hands of God on me. Psalm 7 and 10, my defense is of God, which saveth the upright in heart. God judges the righteous, and God is angry with the wicked every day. If he turn not, he will wet his sword, and he hath bent his bow and made it ready. Bending means he got his bow ready. He tested it. Is that the right tension? Is my aim right? Because there's a community out here. There's a county out there. There's a tri-state county area out there. I've come to tell you, church, keep striking the ground. If If you're ready to fire your arrows, come to this front right now. Come to this front right now. Right now. If you believe revival is coming, I want you to start shouting like it's already here. I want you to start lifting up your hands like it's already here. Fire your arrow into your neighbor's yard. Fire them at the schools. Fire them at your work, in your home, in your situation, at the enemy. Fire, 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 fire. Let your fire fall. Let the enemy know. Let your arrows fly with unseen hands. Let them be guided by the almighty God. These are all of revival you are the embodiment of revival all it takes is for you to shoot right now i want you to lift your hands and worship god shout unto god say revival is coming revival is coming thank you for joining us today we pray you have been encouraged if you would like more information about medora pentecostal church you can check out our website at www.medorachurch.com Saturday.